today on The Breakdown. It's a clash of chip leaders in a $100,000 buy-in event somewhere in Asia. Very exciting stuff. And these guys butt heads in a big-time way. And we're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I feel like if, if you're going to mention the geography of yeah. where the tournament occurs, yeah. you should have a more specific understanding. I mean, Asia, Asia is very large. There's seven continents. Either, either just now don't, you know which one it's in. I was not expecting it to be in Antarctica. Well, that's on you. That's not, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you're so close to the idea of a poker tournament in, in Antarctica, but, you know, that's not about the rest of the listeners. I'm oh, sure they were really happy that they could eliminate Antarctica right away. You know what? That's a really good business idea. Yeah, go on. Antarctica Poker Tour. It's like an the adventure an adventure guide business combined with poker. You know how they do like poker cruises? Yeah. This is for like the real folks who You're, really know what, what, what it's about. I'm going to do you one better. Okay. <laughs> poker Safari. How is that better? With elephants? Are you kidding? Elephants can't there's even always, survive in Antarctica because it's so hardcore. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, but it, but there's nothing else that, except for polar bears, there's nothing to worry about except the cold. Oh, you don't think a seal's going to sometimes own you? I'm pretty not worried about a seal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what I am worried about... Those slappy what, slippers. I, what I am worried about is a cheetah cutting with its, with its claws, man. Those things are fat. So this is a safari where the animals have a chance to kill you? <laughs> Absolutely. It's a real safari. You know, you're just out there. You're just, just, you're just out on the on the plane <laughs> and you I know i feel like we're gonna end up at hard target if we keep going which is a 1993 john claude van damme movie where rich people pay to hunt the homeless i feel like that's uh, where we're heading but but it's somehow but also poker <laughs> <laughs> it's you know your chi- the amount of chips you get depends on how well you do in the, in the, the hunt, hunt. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense yeah classic uh classic idea for a poker tour i think it's probably been thought of though we gotta check yeah the golf they do that with golf well, they do that with golf. That's yeah. true. Hey, let's talk about the actual poker tournament. The hand. This was, this was suggested by Ben Page, who's definitely a journalist of some type. Ben or, Page has been killing it lately. Nice song. <laughs> yeah, Ben, good job. You've been suggesting a lot of hands that we have enjoyed. I'm kind of surprised that Ben was the only one to suggest this hand because it's pretty. It's got fireworks. It, yeah. it, it has. Now, it, uh, it didn't sort of make it into the world of the viral, unlike some of the other Triton hands like the Jason Kuhn hands. And partially it may be because on the video anyway it's intersected by uh, another hand because Phil Ivey's all in and they cut to it. Yeah. And so this hand is sort of like, you see some of it and then it stops and you see some of it. So it's harder to like have a viral moment with it. Yeah. So thanks. Guess. Thanks a lot, Ben page. Cause this is a video that we're going to do also. And now we have to cut that out. Jeez, Ben, maybe have a little empathy next time. You suggest a hand. Ben page is making our life very difficult <laughs> today. Is that the only thing you will sing about, Ben Page and how he affects us? I guess we're going to find out together. I guess we're going to find out. Um, of course, if you want to suggest a hand from, for the breakdown like Ben Page did. Like he does. Like he does frequently. You should uh, tweet at us. We are two poker guys. Yeah. <laughs> Voice cracked a little bit. Nothing weird about that. <laughs> Nothing weird about singing to Ben Page all the time either. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, you know, suggest a hand using a YouTube link and timestamp that puppy, as Jonathan likes to say, because it's a... Uh, Analogous to a puppy, the YouTube video. Uh, so, shall we get to the hand? I'm excited to. Okay. This is a hand that has very little action, and suddenly there's a lot of action. Wow. Thanks for the spoilers. Jeez. Wow. You ever learn how to entertain before? Amazing. Okay. So, it is 100K buy-in. 
There are 29 players in the event, so it's a very small field, yeah. and there are 12 remaining. So usually when there's 12 remaining, we're talking ICM, but in this case, there's nobody paid until the fourth person. So yeah, no, no real ICM implications at all, and everybody's very deep, we think, still. At least these two guys are, are quite deep. They're the chip leaders, but it's indicative that the, it's still deep. Right. Tournament. Yeah. Well, we we still have more more than half or a little less than half the field left, so there should be a lot of chips in play. Uh, Dietrich Fast, who some of you may recognize, he's he's had some success. He's had some high roller success. He's been featured on EPTs before. He's number one twenty four on the all time money list. Period. That's pretty good. It's pretty good these days. Yeah. Um, he has one point three million in front of him on the button at the twelve k big blind. It is of course big blind Annie because they know how to do it over there. Yeah. At the Triton. Uh, so he has over a hundred blinds. And he has king, queen off, king of diamonds, queen of hearts, and he makes it 30K. Seems totally fine and normal. The yep. second chip leader is in the big blind, by the way, who it folds to the uh, second chip, chip leader, not a guy I've heard of before, named Abraham Passett, and he's got two eights. So this is an interesting stack depth with this scenario, right, and this type of hand. Like, mm-hmm. There's a lot of times when you would never consider three betting two eights out of the big blind. There's sometimes where you're going to end up three betting to get it in. Yeah. This is where we're deep enough, and it's chip leader, chip leader, no ICM implications. Is a three bet something you should really consider here? Can you remind me um, what is the position of uh, fast? The button. He's on the button. Yeah. So eights is is a reasonable three bet, um, but it's also totally reasonable to just call and play this. You know, you don't have to play a huge pot with a medium pocket pair here. Like these chips aren't worth a huge amount. The pot is not that big when you've got as many chips as you have. You know. Yeah. So I think I think it's okay to not three bet. I kind of like not three betting a hand like this personally, but it's of course reasonable to three bet it too. Yeah, I think there are some pros to three betting. Um, there's obviously the the meta game pros that don't necessarily have to do with eight specifically, but the fact that the chip leader is going to be on the button all the time, no putting on my big blind, it's right. it's good to tell him to kind of screw off a little bit. You might want to pick. Uh, other kinds of hands. I mean, eights are fine, but eights don't play super great post-flop most of the and time. And you're not going to fire in 100 bigs pre with eights, so that's also a problem. That's a problem. And yeah. if you get four bet, you're probably going to have to fold depending on how he sizes it, um, which isn't great. He's probably going to call a lot of your three bets because you're the two chip leaders, and he's going to have position on you, which isn't great either. I kind of like doing this with, you know, ace wheels and... Sure. Um, suited connectors and stuff like that, which play a little bit worse. I mean, eight, like... They can flop bigger, but also like you, it's easier to let go of them. It's like not as big. Like if you get four bet, of course you're letting go of them. Eight, you might really be folding the best hand. Sometimes yeah. you might be folding the best hand by a lot, and you know that's sort of a disaster. Like it can't be that big a disaster to fold ace two suited though when you get four bet. You know, and if you flop, and if he calls your three bet, granted you can be in a lot of trouble, but like you're not going to lose usually a very big pot. Like yeah. it's going to be hard to lose a huge amount of money. I guess you could flop an ace and decide to call three streets because he's bluffy, and then whatever. But Anyway, so I, I feel like eights plays better almost as a call a lot of the time here, unless the person is I don't know, I don't even know what are we what are we hoping for? What kind of player profile are we hoping for here? We want them to fold a lot. Do we want them to call a lot? I think <laughs> like it all isn't. We should be okay with either of those scenarios. Yeah. We just don't want to get four bet really. Yeah, getting four bet is sort of a disaster. So if this guy has game, which he does, he may be four betting, especially in this kind of dynamic sometimes which isn't great. Four betting light, I mean. Yeah. So if we're going to get four bet light and fold, that's not ideal. Although eights isn't the end of the world to fold there. But still, it's not, not great. Right. But this kind of... I'm of many minds on, yeah. on this issue because we've recently been talking about... Not, not so recently on the podcast, but a couple times over the past couple of months, we've, we've brought up the idea of having 
some hands in our range that we're taking aggressive actions with that we don't really want to get a re-aggressive action yeah. against us, yet there are still value aggressive actions that we're taking. Mm-hmm. And this could fall into that category where it's just like one of the 12% of those hands in our range that we kind of just are okay with getting called. We're doing it for value for the most part, although it does fear f- future action. I guess I like doing it with a hand like ace-queen so much more than eights because it, when we get called... Ace queen is going to play out so much more clearly than eights post flop. You know, like yeah. eights is there's almost always going to be over cards. If we don't flop a set, it's going to be hard most of the time. I mean, that's to, true of calling with eights as well. That's true, but then the pot's a lot smaller, so it's going to be easier in that way. And we're going, you know what I mean? Like it's not as big a deal. Like a lot of time we're going to play a small pot. Yeah, um, and then so and so will um, fast on the button. But if once we three bet and he decides not to fold and he calls and he's like got a lot of plays and moves in him now, like. We can get bluffed. He can float us. He can do all these things where eights really are not going to like it unless an eight is on the is on the board somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with all of that. At the same point, I also kind of lean towards enjoying the call with the ace wheel suiteds a little bit more against mm-hmm. a capable player than 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 calling with the eights because I feel like that more effectively protects our calling range on more boards. Yeah, because eights are just eights on whatever board they're on unless they flop a set. Right. Whereas ace high boards really help protect your calling range when you can show up with an ace more frequently just calling out of the big blind when the button opens and you're deep. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think we should be through betting all aces or anything like it. I think we should be through betting some and, and calling with some. Yeah. But and like maybe our worst aces, which maybe are maybe they're not suited if we're up against the big blind. Maybe we're three betting our ace offsuits, our ace wheel offsuits and stuff like that. Yeah. So just like the crappiest of the crappy kind of like like ace. I, I Yesterday, I three bet a seven offsuit, for example, and it just felt like a really good hand to do that with where it's like, you know, I'm never going to want any more action with this hand. <laughs> sure. Like, of course. So it's fine. And like, but I have a blocker and I can take an aggressive action and it's going to work a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel that when playing, I'm, I'm constantly defaulting to just calling with two eights in a spot yeah. like this. But I'm just, I'm just wondering if we should explore using it as a three bet some of the time. I mean, there, like you said, there's the metagame implication here where if, it, if the guy on the button feels like you're just going to be three betting him a lot, he's not going to open as much. Like, yeah. it's just not. And, like very few people, there are a few guys who are who are just going to keep opening no matter what. Right. Most guys are going to slow down. Yeah. Um, because it, there's an emotional thing that happens, you know, where it's like you don't want to just keep losing chips. And so I don't know. I mean, I so there is that. There is real value there. I just don't know if eights is the right hand to do it with. And the truth is that one of the cool things, not that it's going to come up very often, um, but eights are then underrepped a little bit. Right. right. Like you'd be surprised when you turn over eights, probably that it's like, oh, that's that's like one of the very best calling hands you can have. Like because like two tens, if we decide to call two tens, that's because we're trying to be balanced, protect our calling range, right. underrep ourselves sometimes, trap. You know, like two tens is a really good hand against the button, obviously. And yeah, we that, three, we're going to throw that that a fair amount. I got to believe. All that said about the metagame stuff, yeah. uh, we don't know for sure that this metagame strategy needs to be implemented. All we see is the fast open king queen, which is completely reasonable. Yeah. So it's not like he's necessarily opening 100% of buttons or anything like that. Absolutely not. No, it's um what I know about him is the only reason why I'm saying yeah. why I'm saying he has all these moves and stuff like that. Right. It's nothing to do with with opening king queen clearly. Yeah. Right. And and as we can see, almost certainly if we were to three bet eights, we get called. Yeah. Probably and maybe once in a while he'd even decide to four bet as a bluff with king queen. It's a good hand to do it with. What's what's the number where fast would consider folding king queen to to the three bet here. It's like pretty hard to get a fold out of I mean, that hand. He made it 30, right? Yeah. Maybe 150. I mean, I would, so like a, a, st- a standard three bet here from out of position is going to be like 110. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
150, he'd have to think about it, but I think he's probably going to call it. He's just going to feel obligated to call if they hand that good, right? He's going to say, I'm opening so... I mean, I'm Dietrich Fast. Of course, I'm opening a lot on the button, right? Of yeah. course, I am. Like, this is one of the very best hands I'm going to ever show up with here. Like, come on. Of course, I, of course. It's like the top, what, 11% of hands, maybe better. Like, of course, I have to call in position. I was forced to call when we're this deep, you know? Yep. I think that's what's going to happen. Probably. Well, pass it decides to go with the standard I mean, route. And, and 250K he, might get it done. Well, I think it's definitely going to get it well, done, actually. How about 200K? Yeah, I think I'll get it done. So 150, probably not. 200 maybe, but uh, why are we doing this? So we're going to risk. So we're going to risk 200k to win the 30 that he makes it. That's uh, no, no, not a profitable. Of course move, not, obviously. and that's not really the question. No, the, I know. The, I'm talking about king queen specifically, like what it would take to get him to fold that. Oh, okay, yeah. But I'm just saying. But like, the, and the point is, it's, it would take too much. It's not worth doing. Is I guess where we're, we're ending up, right? Just uh, confirming that. Yeah, I think it's not worth making a massive three, but I think I mean, you can. Brian three Yoon bet. does it. Yeah, <laughs> I think you can three bet sometimes with a hand like this, but calling is totally standard, and that's what pass it does. Yeah. And you can choose to play totally standard or totally crazy on Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. It's up to you, Jonathan. Yeah, you get, you get your own way to choose it. You get your own it's, way to choose it at like Nitrogen Sports <laughs> Poker Room. That's the new motto. <laughs> they got a new ad agency, and yeah. they make us say that now. You yeah. think I just came up with that? You think I misspoke? No. No. I'm reading the copy right off the email, Yeah, it's man. the one that's in bold print. It says, <laughs> must say verbatim. You get your own way to choose you it. You make your own way to choose it, I think is what. Is it you smell, get? You smell your own way to choose it. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, I, we get, there's a, th- a few different options. I lost the sheet, so it's one of, I don't remember. <laughs> you get your own way to choose <laughs> Anyway, it. if you sign up using the link in the description of this podcast, you get access to exclusive poker guys events yes like our monthly tournament which is bonanza bonanza <laughs> you're very helpful on this ad i appreciate it um in this monthly tournament it is a 0.1 millibit buy-in which is minuscule especially these days the guarantee <laughs> is 100 millibits which is a thousand times the buy-in yeah that's that's a lot more than you know 500 players or even 300 players required to meet the guarantee but jonathan yeah. Have we even gotten to 300? We sure haven't, Grant. How about 200? No. What keep about going. 100? That number ain't going to do it either. What's going to do it? 75. I thought it was 77. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. What, Less than 80. Less than 80 for sure. Where we need 1,000 to meet the guarantee. That means nitrogen is just giving money away, and yeah. you should get a piece. You it know? means you're getting better than 12 to 1 on your, on your millibits, your 0.1 millibit. You can't not play is what we're saying to you. You must play. There you go. That's a better way to say it grammatically. <laughs> you get to choose your own way or something. That was you, you found, have to make your own choosing. <laughs> yeah, I want to. We're gonna we're gonna workshop that a little bit. We'll come back next week with a better ad. Will we? No. Yeah. No, probably the, not. The ads are are, are as good as they, they are. Can what get. they are. <laughs> <laughs> Nitrogen keeps paying for some reason. All right. So back to the hand. Hopefully not listening to this one though. Ah, why would they listen to us? <laughs> um, we got. 78K in the pot going to the flop. Button okay. against Big Blind, the chip leaders of the tournament with 12 remaining. Dietrich Fast has King, Queen, King of Diamonds, Queen of Hearts. Abraham Passett has two eights, two red eights. 78K flop is Jack of Diamonds, seven of spades, five of spades. Okay. It goes check, check. Okay. So what do you think about fast checking back? Because Passett is obviously standard check. Jack seven, five. Jack seven, five, two spades. I think it's fine to check back. Okay. What do you think? Um, I think it's probably okay. I don't know. It's a relatively range-neutral board from these positions, so yep. taking an aggressive pro- action is probably profitable based on that. It's probably slightly profitable. Yeah. Um, it may be that he just, you know, 
is really happy to take a free card against the one guy who can really, really hurt him, you know, and this is one of the benefits of position is we don't always have to bet. And I think, I think it, I agree with you that it's probably profitable to bet, but it's probably, probably marginally profitable. To bet, yeah. It, it might, and we don't know anything about pass it. Um, so some assumptions here, but it might also be a board where fast is concerned that there are too many check raises in his opponent's range mm-hmm. where he would love to take a free card with two overs here, but there are so many combo draws and, and just normal draws that could be check raising. And we're going to be obviously forced to fold against hands that we're currently beating a lot of the time. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the reasoning to check back. I think it's, it, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have no problem check with this check back for sure, especially, especially when the stacks are so, so, so deep and you just don't want to play a big pot right now. And you can take you can take a little stab, and it's fine to do that. But we can also do a delayed C bet and bet the turn yeah. if he checks again on, on a lot of turns anyway. Maybe yeah. maybe all turns. Ideally, a king comes in. He has king ten, and we get two streets. You know, well, that would be that, great. That's that's how we want to do it. Sure, but we have to get that to happen. And that's not going to happen because pass. It's got two eights, so it's going to be sad when a king comes. And we don't get any action. Well, we'll still make the best hand. That's not too sad. It's not too sad. We win seventy eight k pot. It's, it's fine. Good. Let's see what happens, huh? Okay. So it turns a 10 of diamonds. Uh, this it's a brings, big card. Yeah, it, it brings uh, a second diamond, first of all, but that's not how it affects the hands. It affects the hands in that pass. It now has a gut shot to go with his pair of eights, and uh, there's an open-ender for our boy Dietrich Fast there. With Let the me tell you, win. if our boy Dietrich Fast can hit a nine on the river, it's going to be big trouble. Well, he's not going to get the full, all the stack, I don't think. I don't think he's going to get 100 blinds. No to a four straight but but he's gonna have he's gonna get a bet he's gonna be in really good shape though against almost the entire range of fast right i mean you mean pass it no no it's gonna make a straight yeah yeah he's gonna make the bad end of the straight or well he'll he won't really know it's the bad end of the straight but it's gonna be the bad end of the straight because he'll only be losing to what queen nine and king no no not even queen nine queen eight queen eight yeah which he blocks yeah and king queen exactly and king queen I mean, that's it. So that's pretty good. Yeah, but he's not going to three bet or anything. Um, it would depend on, you know, sizing and stuff. Oh, come on. He's not going to three bet. Are you kidding? If, if, if a nine comes and pass it leads with his straight. Oh, and it, he gets raised. And no, fast raises. Call. No, he's just going to call. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he's going to lose a stack no matter what. No, no, I agree. But he yeah. might lose a lot of chips. Yeah. Because, you know, like if a nine comes and pass it bets, you know, 60% of the pot and then... Fast makes it a lot more. It's going to be hard to fold. Yeah, it's going to be hard to fold. So anyway, that's not going to be what happens. Spoiler, okay. spoiler. Nothing's happening in this hand because it goes check, check on the turn. See, again. This is this I want to talk about, though. I want to talk about check, check on the turn. Which check do you want to talk about first? Well, why don't we do it in chronological order? But I think we can spend not time that is, much time on pass. It. Time is a flat circle. So I don't know what you mean by that. But we can ahead. spend not that many flat circles on this. OK, good. I get it. Weird, weird thing to bring up. Yeah. Um, Okay, an overcard comes. It totally is in fast range. We still have a showdownable hand. We pick up equity. We could bet. It's really fine to check it, though. Yeah, I mean, fast does have some call. tens in his range, but that's not a huge deal. Tens? Yeah, like ace-10, hands like that. Yeah. Which just right. the turn. Right. Um, yeah, but I think it's really fine just to decide to, to check call here, which is clear. Like, we're not folding on the turn. Yeah, I agree. Way too good a hand. Yeah, that seems like the normal thing to do. But Fast decides to check back. See, this I don't understand at all. This oh. is very confusing to me that he does this. All right, explain. Well, we now, we picked up equity. We would love to get a fold. Pass it has shown no aggression at all. Like, 
betting the turn is something he would do a lot with a, with a pair. He didn't, but he would do a lot with a pair, right? Yeah. Um, if he had a jack or a 10, he'd usually bet. Um, maybe a hand as good as eights, he would bet. Maybe uh, maybe sevens and fives, he would even decide to bet here sometimes, potentially. Um, so we would really love to fold out ace highs. We'd love to fold out really everything, though, because everything has equity against us right now. And we also want to build a pot for if we improve on the river. Specifically, we hit a nine. Uh, little do we know how good hitting a nine would be. We really want to build the pot so we can hit a nine. But, um, but an ace, the, hitting the nuts in either way would be amazing. And also just hitting a king or queen, you know, we could build a pot for that too and bet those if we decide to. Counterpoint. Go. Perhaps Fast doesn't believe that on this card, he has too much fold equity in general. Like he effectively needs pass it to have a bad ace high to fold out a better hand. And he's not going to fold out any other better hands. There's not too much out there. Maybe like six deuce suited or something. Like yeah, that. but it's jack seven, five, eight. I mean, at this point, if Fast bets, Pass is not folding any pair. Right, maybe an underpair to the board. He'll consider folding, but I don't it's think he's. A, I mean, it's jack seven five ten, yeah. ten, eight. ten. Yeah, I mean a lone eight or a lone nine. That's a gutter without anything else going on for like it. Like with what? With what other card? It's hard to come up with a gutter. Yeah, it's got to be like eight four suited or something. Yeah. It's double gutted anyway, there's isn't it? Just, there's just not that much there. Yeah. There's not. That's true. So maybe there's just not enough fold equity to, to justify betting. But here. how about building a pot for the times we improve? I mean, want to do that. I don't know if that's enough of a factor versus the fact that like we're just going to fold out all the worst hands and get called by all the better hands effectively, except for the ace wheels. We could, but we could bet the turn with the intention of betting a lot of rivers. Sometimes we improve, sometimes we don't. But we just yeah, we, we can now have inflated a, the pot to win a bigger pot. We can have a two street plan, but with the delayed c bet when we get called, and if we think we're getting called pretty often on this card, it's a harder story to tell. People yeah. aren't going to believe you as often. They're going to hold on more frequently with like third pair type hands. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's true. You're right. If we have ace 10 and we bet and we get called, we're not going to bet again. Usually we might, we might not, but it's hard to, you're right. It's not a great story. Yeah. If we have ace 10, exactly. We might decide to bet the river. Yeah. But if we have, I, I would bet the river with ace, but 10. if we have queen 10, probably not. Yeah. Cause he could really have king 10. And he could yeah. have ace 10. Ace 10. I would definitely bet though. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but I think it's, it's actually kind of thin to, yeah. would you bet king 10? I think I would on the river. Yeah, probably. But it's close, and I probably you can't bet that much. Obviously, it depends on the card, though. Like, any, of course, we're talking bricky, any any non jack board pair. I'm probably not betting on king ten on the river. Yeah, if the jack pairs for sure, we can bet any straightening card. I'm not going to bet on the river. Yeah, we need like a deuce or a three. Any spade or any diamond. I'm not going to bet. Yeah, on the river. it's really hard. I don't know if we have if we have eight, king ten with the king of diamonds, we could consider betting or something like that on the Maybe. diamond river. I don't know if he checks, we can consider betting. Nah, yeah, it's so hard to get called. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, might just check it back. Yeah, so I I don't know I don't I don't There's hate this check cards. I don't hate this check back based on this discussion that we're this having. This is interesting. Yeah, this yeah. this is such a standard bet normally. You know, n- yeah. maybe not this exact board, but like when you have overs in the open ender, and the guy has shown no inclination to put chips in the pot, it's like such an obvious semi bluff, and it's really interesting that he chose not to do it and can justify it. I think it's a lot different if it's this board versus like a deuce deuce jack board and then a ten on the turn. That that's a lot easier to bet because we have so much more fold equity against the range. Mm-hmm. No, I hear that. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, I think you can make the counter argument like I like I already made about like building a pot and like you're going to bluff on a lot of rivers. Yeah, and also value bet. You know when you improve on a lot of rivers too, and that's it. You know and like so you know you're betting twice a lot 
When yeah. you're like choosing when you when you bet this, you're you're choosing to bet twice. Yeah, it a lot. can't be a disaster to bet, but I actually do think I prefer the yeah. check after and, examination. And maybe part of the fast thinking too is like, well, we're both really deep here. And so this is like it's actually harder to scare you. Yeah. With like even if I bet turn, I bet thirty thousand on the turn, I, you know, or sorry, forty thousand on the turn. And then I bet a hundred thousand on the river, which is, you know, a relatively sizable river. Maybe I bet hundred and fifty thousand on the river. I size it up a little bit. I mean, he like Passick can call that without it being a big deal at all. He's still going to have o- almost 100 blinds, even if he calls twice and loses. Yeah, I think so. You can't threaten his stack at all. I think if fast were to bet the turn, he should bet big. I think he should bet like pot on right. the turn if he's going to bet. Which is a very strange story to be telling now. What it story is. are you telling? Yeah. You have eight, nine exactly. You could have eight, nine. You could have a slow played set of some type. You could have a combo draw. Super weird to bet pot for value when it goes check, check, check. You know, and now you bet pot suddenly. Right. It might be a bad story, but it also might be more plus EV than betting 30K even so, just because mm-hmm. of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's probably true. Yeah. Either way, fast decides to check back, and I actually think I like the decision. I you're, guess I You're on the like fence. I'm, I'm coming around because we're getting called so much. I don't know. I mean, so we're just, are we just never going to have any bluffs on this board now? We're never going to bluff this? Like, what are we bluffing? Are we not going to bet our spades or our diamonds? Like spades, we're usually betting on the flop, but sometimes we're going to check it back. Sometimes. I think I think if we have spades, we should actually bet the turn, and then we can wrap a, a diamond or a spade on the river. It's kind of super sweet. Super um, sweet. Like he'll probably fold on a diamond and call on a spade. It's like ideal if we check back spades on the flop, and half the deck improves us. But yep. um, so diamonds, we're going to check back because we think we're getting called so often. I think maybe we have bluffs that just have less equity than this hand. Yeah. This, well, this King, hand Queen, is, High may be the best hand. Maybe the best hand. We have two overs and the open-ender. It's like enough equity that we don't want to blow up that equity by getting check-raised. I mean, okay. We're just not getting check-raised that often, right? We're, we're not, but also maybe it's just okay to have this in the check-back range because we feel comfortable going to the river and seeing what happens. Yeah. Whereas if we had something like three, four suited with, with like just like two unders and a gut shot, we're not super happy about most rivers at all. Yeah. And we're just like, okay, this has to be in the bluffing category now. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's actually fine to check this. I will, I've come around a bit on that, um, even just from this discussion, which is cool. That's what we do here. Yeah. We, we learn Jonathan Levy a little bit. He gets learnt. Um, so let's go to the river. Okay. All right, so the river is weird. This is a weird river. We're not sure what we think about it yet. I'm excited we're, to get into it. We're going to try to figure it out. This is why Ben Page suggested it and why he's the Washington well, Post. Well, we don't know why Ben Page suggested it. We just know why we like it, and we know what he wrote on Twitter. We don't know his actual reasons. We know what okay, he's, he could what have he's nefarious, putting out to the world. He could have nefarious intentions. For, I mean, or they don't have to be nefarious. It may just be, you know, stuff he's embarrassed about. I don't know. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> hey, hey, let's not get into it. All right. The river gives a set to pass it. It's yep, a it's eight of eight. clubs. That so also makes the board four straighty. Pretty straighty. There's a four straight board, although both flush draws missed. It is the eight of clubs. Uh, pass it now has a set of eights on a jack seven, five, ten, eight board. Yeah. That's so, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. We're usually winning. We're not always winning. Yeah. But very frequently we are. Yeah. Do you think betting or checking is better as pass it? I would be inclined to bet here. To get called by? Ace high, um, a medium pair. Ace high is never calling on this board. Um, A medium pair that's been checking. I mean, it's hard to get... If we check, like, there's going to be so many checkbacks, right? So I just bet because I'd just be afraid it's going to be check, check. It's just... Like, he's had many opportunities to bluff. He's choosing not to. He's chosen not to. Like, I would bet 
because I'd just be worried about the check back. I want to get something for my set, my very powerful hand. I guess you could have queen 10 or something fast and have checked that back on the turn and feel like he has to call the river. If he is queen 10, yeah, he may actually say to himself, like, yeah, this is one of the best hands I have based on this line. Like, yeah. there's not, like, I have pocket nines and, like, queen 10, but I bet, I probably bet king 10 she, and ace 10 on the turn. He probably bets queen 10 on the turn. Pocket nines is a straight. Oh, yeah, pocket nines is now a straight. So, yeah, so queen 10 may be the, but, but he probably bets queen 10 on the turn anyway. He probably bets a 10. On probably the does. So I think my concern is not necessarily the fear of all of the range checking back. I think my bigger concern is that fast just has so much nothing at this point on this run out that we're not going to get value by betting and it's better to let him try to bluff. So the idea is if we check again, he's going to feel just obligated to bluff when he doesn't have anything. Yeah. Just obligated. Yeah. I don't know if that's correct. It just feels more likely than him actually having showdown I mean, value. If he's high, you think he's going to take a shot at the, on you the think board? You think he's going to call off with ace high if we bet? Well, those are different questions. Let's. I'm asking mine first. Um, I think he's more likely to take a shot than he is to call. I'll put it that way. Okay. He's not going to call with ace high. No. I don't think he is. Um, but if he has a pair, he might call with that, and he's not going to take a shot with a pair. I don't think he has a pair very often based on his line. Um. I feel like he's often betting the turn with a pair. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to get value no matter what you do. Yes. Right? That's, that's, that's the bottom line of this, right? Like, all options are sort of blow because nothing is going to work. I think checking... Almost ever. When we, if we check, we're hoping he bets big and polarizes himself and we just snap call. Yeah. That that's, sounds good. That, I like I, that a lot. I think that's like... Because if fast is going to bluff, if he's going to take ace high and turn into a bluff or some weird small suited connector that he never bet and turn it into a bluff, I think on this card he's going to bet big. I mean, he has to, right? He wants to bet big enough that we can't just right. hero with one pair. Which is probably bigger than we can get called by one pair if we bet. Right. That's true. That's so, actually a good point, that he, if he bluffs, he's going to bet bigger than we bet. And so we make more chips that way. Yeah. I like that. Okay, that's a good reason. Yeah, because we don't really want to bet this for like a blocker bet, you know, as like a... Oh, yeah. I that's agree. not really the point of betting. No, we'd, just be, we'd be betting small not to block, but just because there's so little... Like we're just trying to get... We want him to be able to call with his range. Yeah. You know, I guess we could bet big to have him hero, but... He's not going to hero. He's not going to hero. He's just not going to do it. It seems really unlikely. Yeah. I mean, he's invested 30K. He's, right. Like, he doesn't care about this pot. Right. He almost never has a good hand. Yeah. So, pass it checks. And yep. uh, it works like a charm. Fast bets, but he bets as a bluff a little smaller than I expected him to. He bets 45K into 78K. I mean, that's a perfectly reasonable bet. Oh, but he's bluffing is your point. Yeah. Well, he, maybe he feels like he doesn't have to really size it up here. Maybe he does, and, but I, my, uh, my thoughts being like, I was expecting a more polar sizing yeah. from him, whether or not he's bluffing on this run out. Right. No, I understand that. Especially considering that he never bet before. I completely get what you're talking about. I'm saying, though, from his point of view, like he's supposed to have a showdownable hand. Anyway, he checked the turn and check, flop, check, turn, right? He opened, check, flop, check, turn. He's usually going to have something at least ace high, and now he's betting an amount that is callable. It's more believable. Like, so now it's like, can I really call with one pair? I mean, am I going to hero with one pair when he bets 45? Like, but maybe. What's, but what's he taking this line with and then betting 45? Uh, pocket nines, exactly. So he has a straight. Ace, ace nine suited. Ace nine off. Ace nine, period. But you decide, I mean, clearly he's not. He's decided not to semi-bluff his straight draws on the turn, so I'm going to assume he can have well, ace I thought, nine suited. Here. I thought part of your argument was that the smaller sizing allows him to have more things than straights. Oh, um... Let me think about that for a second. I don't know what else he can have, though. 
Like, what else can you really have? That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So why not choose a bigger sizing? Because we can't get called by anything. We're trying to get called by these weekends, in theory, if we have a straight. Yeah, right? but we're going we're gonna to get called by a set of eights for sure, based on our conversation with... Of course we're going to get called yeah, but, by a set of eights. A we're not eights, trying to fold out a set of eights. We're trying to fold out a seven. But distribution-wise, I understand the argument why it's different. But if you choose polar sizing, a set of eights is basically the same thing as a seven. No, the difference, though, is set of eights are super high up on the distribution. The seven is really low on the distribution. Yeah. This guy's not going to have very many sets, but he's going to have a lot of fives and sevens, right, based on how he's played this hand. Yeah, he so, is. So, like, we want to fold out the stuff that's low on his distribution. So, so why not bet bigger? We don't have to. We can bet smaller. You think? You think he's I not going to call with a seven? I don't think he's going to call with a seven. If we take this line and suddenly bet 45K, I, I, I don't. Do you we, think he is? Yeah. Why? Because I think it's really weird to have not bet and now be betting. I mean, you're basically just repping a random nine that decided never to bet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I think we have a lot better chance to fall out of seven if we bet pot. But you're repping a nine either way, right? You are. So you're going to hero. So you're going to call when he bets 45 and fold when he bets 78 with a seven? I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I just feel like this is a runout and a line that requires polar sizing at the end. Okay, but it, but I'm not but you just said you don't know if you would, the polar sizing would change your would change it, your range of calling or not. If that's I, I think it would change it a little bit. Well, you said you weren't sure if it would, you would fold a 7. So I'm I'm try, I'm like let's get into it. Like I have to know more about the guy, but um sure. In but, general, I will fold more to polar sizing because I expect that if somebody makes a straight, they're going to choose polar sizing. And I expect that a lot of times people are going to try to give themselves a little bit better price when they're bluffing like this, like betting 45K instead of polar sizing. Okay, but you're up against Diedrich Fast. You're not up against like a nobody, right? So this, let's assume this guy's sizing relatively well and he's going to have, he's going to be relatively balanced with the sizing. Like maybe not perfectly, but at least relatively, right? Like he's, he's a formidable opponent. Right. Yeah, I guess. I just am imagining myself in, in fast seat and thinking I would, I would almost always choose polar sizing if I had a straight here. See, I'm imagining myself in fast seat and thinking, like, even if I had a straight, I'm never going to be able to get value with it because this guy's just not going to call me with his seven or his five. So I'm going to bet an amount where he may feel priced in and feel like he has to call me. And so I, so I can have straights here. Now, by the way, that's an argument for not betting so small when you're bluffing. Yeah. But... I don't know if we like. I don't know that this guy would really call with a seven at any point, like at any of these sizings. So that that's what it comes down to. Like it's it's funny. I'm saying like I don't know if I call a seven at any of these sizings. You're saying you think you might call it the seven at yeah. all of the sizings. Both of our points don't really bolster where we're coming from, right? That's like true. I'm saying like so we should bet small. You're saying so we should bet large, but our points sort of make it it's moot either way. It's moot, right? Okay. And if you're trying to get value, you should be betting large. Then you should be trying to bluff. You should be running small then. I think I can more easily distill what I'm trying to say here, which has nothing to do with this gameplay and practice, but it's more of a balance argument. I feel like when we take these lines of check, check as, as the initial aggressor and it runs out a board like this, which is a polarizing board, yeah. those are times when we should, in general, be choosing polarizing sizings. Whether or not it's value. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we, what are we targeting I think it's also really interesting. Like, I was just saying sevens and fives. Um, it's possible we could be targeting sevens and fives. It's possible we're targeting ace highs. It's possible we're targeting, like, small pocket pairs. Um, yeah. Like, this is going to work in, against ace high, probably. Like, we have to fall out some part of our range, right? Yeah. Like, ace highs are going to work. 
I guess we could sit there as fast and say, well, sorry, not as fast as pass it and say, well, what are the best hands I show up with here that aren't, that are not, that aren't traps. Right. right? Cause there's the trap hands, which is like, I guess we can put pocket eights in the traps and the trap hands. I don't know that we can or not. It's not really a trap. We can, we can trap with all of our straights. Yeah. I think straights are the, are like pocket eights. If you, because, because if you bet as fast, a polarizing amount, I'm just going to call with my eights. Yeah. But I'm, I'm often going to raise with my nines. I guess if you bet a polarizing amount, I may just call with my nine. Yeah. Also, right. Unless I have queen nine. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. If you have the, if you have the nuts, fine. Um, but otherwise, I'm just going to call. But it's going to be different. It's going to be like an insta call and an obvious call. And like, well, I hope you don't have it kind of a thing. Um, I guess that's the same for pocket eights, too. It just is like it's further down the distribution. Um, but once we get past sort of like the... We, we say to ourselves, like, well, what, what hands do I really show up with here that are not insta calls that I have to think about at all? Like, what's the best hand? It's weird because we didn't bet the turn. I feel like we have a lot of hands we bet the turn with that are those types of hands, like the... Can we have a bad 10? We I guess have we, could have ten. A, we could have like 10, 6 suited or something like that. Yeah, any, any suited 10, any weak suited 10. Um, we're, I think we're going to bet the turn a reasonable amount with that, though. There's a lot to protect yeah, against. Yeah, we might just bet it. I agree. And we're going to bet a jack on the turn ourselves. Yeah. We just and I think are. we're going to bet a lot of our 7s on the turn as well. I mean, a lot of them have a draw with it. Mm-hmm. Or clearly, clearly we're not always going to do that since we checked eights. Yeah, but I hear you. We're probably yeah. going to sometimes bet sevens. We're pro- probably going to sometimes bet eights. Although we both thought eights was a better check call spot yeah. than a bet based on the ten coming. True. So maybe we're not betting sevens. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're wrong. Um, let's assume we're not, since we both since he checked eights and we both thought eights were a check. Yeah. Let's assume we're not betting anything. So really, so like I assume we're even going to check nines then if we're checking eights. So really, our so. So there you go. I guess so we're betting, we're probably betting our tens because we yeah. block tens and like we just can't let another card just come off for free. Right. Um, we're going to hope to get called by ace high once and, you know, whatever, have it all work out or, or take it down. That's fine. Um, so that means eights. So, so now nines are straight, which is great. Eights are a set, which is pretty strong. And then the very next hand is, are the sevens. Yeah. Right. So now sevens are closer to the top of our range then we might be thinking like sevens are actually probably half a little better than halfway up there. Something like that. If you include ace highs, maybe it depends on how many nines we can actually have. We might have a ton of nines. We also might be three betting pocket nines. I know we didn't three bet. I don't, I don't just mean pocket nines. I mean like any nine. Oh yeah, it's true. Cause that, those, nines. all those combos are higher in our distribution. Yeah. Um, a lot of the nines we have are probably going to be bets on the turn, but I guess we yeah. again we checked eight pocket eights, which had which were a pair in a straight draw. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we checked that because it has showdown value, but yeah. any non showdown value nine we or eight we might have bet on the turn. Yeah, that's probably more likely. Yeah. So now if we have king nine, we're we're betting the turn a lot. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we're we're gonna bet. That yeah, that's a, a double lot. gutter. Yeah, it's a super sweet. Yeah. bet for us, um, and we're gonna take it down or be able to bet the river and win enough of the time. All right, well, let's stop talking about all this stuff. Okay. Who cares? Because now Yeah, it's really, that the... isn't even the interesting part. No. Gosh, that's right. crazy. I can't believe we spent so much time on this part. So fast bets 45K with his king high. It's obviously not going to work against a set of eights, which right. Passit decided to check. Right. And I guess polarizing sizing might have elicited just a call, but Passit thinks that he needs more value for his hand. Yeah. This is an interesting decision. This is an interesting decision. Passit check sure. raises to 160K over the yeah. 45K. On a four straight board with two eights. I think he, he's just going to try and play perfectly in the spot, you know, where he's going to be like, I'm going to get perfect information. This guy can't raise unless I'm a, unless he's ahead. 
So it's not a problem. He can probably only, because we're the two chip leaders now, he can probably only raise queen nine anyway. So if he has a nine, he's just going to call. And I hope he heroes. But do you remember the whole discussion we had about fast sizing? Part of that discussion was like, what is fast actually betting? Yeah. And it felt like he's mostly just betting nines and bluffs. Yes. So that would remove a lot of the value from this race because that's just hands that are never calling. Yep. And hands that beat us. So I guess your boy was assuming, like like you were saying, that there was going to be um, polarizing sizing for yeah. the bluffs and for the strong hands. And th- because this is weaker sizing, he's going to have a much more sort of moderate range of so he's value. Trying to get heroed by some weirdly played king pair, or yeah, whatever it might be. Like, yeah, um, hard to get heroed honestly on this board in this spot after. You never like took you know you never put a chip in yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's no story to tell. Like you're not telling a story except like I have a nine. It's hard for him to hero. And you basically have a nine when you have tri- yeah, trip this, eights here. This feels like a mistake, this check raise. I, I don't I like think, it. I think Passit is just like feeling like he needs to get more value in a field like this when he has a hand this strong. Right. But the situation doesn't really warrant it. Do you think like this is a I'm on TV play a little bit? Could be. Like could be like I don't want people I'm to critique look, me. And also, I'm going to look so cool if he heroes me with a 10. Yeah. Like, I got the thin value. He would look cool. Yeah. It's possible this play really works for Passit over the long haul, by the way. But you know what? It's not, not going to work today. Not going to work today because no. this is one of the problems with the play. Yeah. Because we, I was just mentioning, like, well, he only has a bluff or nines usually when he bets the river fast, I'm talking about. Yeah. And he's going to fold the bluffs and call with the nines, when we, and neither of those are good outcomes. There's a third bad outcome. Yes. Which is, he has a bluff, and he continues to bluff with it. Yes. And that's what Dietrich Fast does. He raises to 500K, Jonathan. This is cray. So this is, this is a hell torture zone for Passit now. He's like, why did I do that? Yeah. I could have just called 45K. That would have been so much better. <laughs> that's right. All right. So, but, but he's, but now, and, and let's be, let's just finish what happens in the hand then talk about it. okay so pass it folds pass it ends up which, folding. which makes sense yeah, that it seems like the here. only thing you can do at that point but maybe not i don't know let's talk about fast's line here is, is this a good story by fast first question is that second question is does it matter i guess okay first question when we were watching it i actually was critical of the play only i had only seen the river at this point i was like wait he checked the turn like, how, how can he... He can't have queen nine and have checked the turn. He would have bet. Right. But it turns out he... That's an open-ended straight draw. But it turns out he did check an open-ended straight draw anyway. So I guess he really can have open-ended straight draws, including yeah. queen nine. He can really have queen nine in his range. Yeah, he that's, can. That's doable for him. So, so at least internally, he knows that his, he is telling a reasonable story that way. Which he is mostly, have the nuts. by the way, that... Like, he's repping the nuts here, right? He's... 100% the he's nuts. He's not saying I just have, like, nine five suited. There's no way. Yeah. Right? Because pass it can have it. Right. Maybe fast though. So there's a couple then factors that in practice we want him to fold as fast, right? So we're asking ourselves what is pass its range? Mm-hmm. How many nines does he have? How many queen nines does he have? Right. At least we block queen nine with king queen. That's great. That's great. Uh, it really is. And and actually maybe we have what the queen uh, is it the queen of hearts or the queen of diamonds? I feel like it matters. We have the queen of hearts. That's perfect because um I mean perfect's a little strong. He's going to have all the queen nines. Yeah. Pass it. But we can, like, he doesn't have queen nine of diamonds. He doesn't have queen nine of um, spades. Of spades, because he would have almost certainly bet those on the turn. Yeah, you would think so. So that's so because we have the queen nine of diamonds. Like, that's a combo we can remove at least. Plus, we have a, we, and we actually have the queen of hearts to block all combos with queen of hearts in them too. 
So that's pretty good. We actually knock it down a fair amount. I yeah, mean, we, I mean, we can't be 100% amazing. sure we, that he's... But we knock it down to like 10 combos. We can't be 100% sure that he's going to bet all of his queen nine of spades and, and diamonds. No, turn. okay, but he's going to bet them. It. He's mostly going to bet them. We so would you're expect right. it. You're right, you're right. It's not, it's not 100%. Although, when we were doing our analysis on the turn, we were kind of thinking Passit is going to bet a lot of his non-showdownable nines. Yeah. Which maybe, maybe queen nine is good enough that he feels like he can check it. But he could be going for a check raise too with that kind of a hand. Yeah. By the way, which is where now he can have it again. Yeah. But we have a queen in our hand, and maybe also we might be thinking as uh, fast: Is he really going to check the nuts a third time and not not go for some value himself? Now it's possibly what he checked a set. I mean, if you had queen nine and you're in pass its seat here, you're probably thinking like. I just don't see too many ways that fast has strong value. So I'm going to check and hope he bets. And when he bets, I have to raise, I have the nuts, yeah. you know? I mean, you just, I mean, if fast is the kind of guy who's going to bet polarizing sizing, that makes sense. If he isn't like he didn't this time, yeah. maybe it's better to bet it yourself until you can bet, you can bet more. Maybe, maybe fast is, you know, really di- has dynamic sizing though. And so sometimes it's bigger, sometimes it's smaller, even with um, similar parts of his range. And so then it's just really hard to know what he's going to do, which is, which would be good. All know? right. So, we we just discussed basically why fast decides to three bet here. Yeah. Next question is: Is it actually a good story? Is he telling the story? I have queen nine. Well, I mean, not that well. No, not really. Not that well. It's not. I mean, it's sort of just a random. I actually think if fast had like a pair, he might hero instead. I think part of what he's doing is saying. I don't know if I can beat your bluff, so I have to rebluff you. Yeah. That's got to be like a big part of what he's like. I don't know if I can get you to fold the nine, but maybe I can because I'm repping queen nine. But he leverages so much of his stack to make this exactly. play. I mean, it seems unnecessary. It's he's, completely unnecessary. He only bet, he's only put 78,000 or something, 75,000 into this pot. He's, he's betting, got so many chips. He's, he's betting like 40 blinds. He's like blowing, he's not blowing up his tournament, but he's blowing up his, his tournament position yeah. for this spot. And I just don't know why he needs to do that. Yeah, I mean, like... It's a relatively small pot even now. I know it's gotten kind of big-ish, but still, it's relatively small. In order to do this, you have to be sure you can fold out a nine sometimes. Yeah. Now, let's just pretend we had a nine. Let's say we had ace-nine. We are who? We are pass it. Okay. We decide, check the turn. Yeah. Because we have ace-high. He checks it back. We make the straight on the river. We're like, bingo! Like, oh, God, if I bet he's just going to fold. I'm gonna, he's got a bluff. Let's give him a chance to bluff. He bets 45K. We think we just have to raise. Our hand's too good. I mean, that's what he thought with a set of eights. So exactly. I imagine he would so, think that So this is good. all reasonable, right? Yeah. yeah. So we make it 150, and he comes over the top to 500. What are we doing? I don't know, but we're more likely to call with that than we are with a set of eights. Well, of course. Yeah. But I'm still wondering... What are we doing in this spot with a nine? Are we actually calling or not? Like the chip we just made at 500K after we check raise and it really looks like we have a straight. Well, in order to answer that question, we have to ask ourselves, how often does he, does Dietrich Fast really have queen nine here? I mean, does that yeah. make sense? He we, didn't bet the flop with just queen high. You'd think he'd do that some of the time, especially if he had queen nine of spades. He didn't bet the turn when he made the open ender with queen nine, which would kind of be baffling me, even though... That's what Fast did. He checked back an open ender on the turn. Yeah, that is really but shocking. But from Passit's perspective, you probably wouldn't be thinking that. I wouldn't Which think would that. lead me to think, I'm going to have to call with something here, and it's really hard to have the nuts, so I'm going to have to call with my nines, I think. Well, let me ask you this. Let's go a step further. I agree with all that. That seems reasonable. Um, do we think Dietrich Fast is ever doing this with just a nine? No. 
Right. So then can't we call with a set of eights also for calling with, with a nine? Yes. So it's the same. We're in the same spot. And yet we feel like we both already said this. Maybe we, maybe upon further reflection, we'll change our minds. But we kind of feel like this is, we were saying this is, he has to fold now. But I mean, maybe he doesn't remove, have to fold. We remove a quarter of the queen nine combos by having a nine in our hand. That helps. That is true. That does help. That does help. But the reasoning was more about, like, does he really have queen nine? I mean, the thing that we don't know, you and I, and maybe Passet doesn't know this either, is like, just how many bluffs does Dietrich show up with here? Like, how often is he bluffing? Does he, does he ever take, does he take, does he, is this a guy who we see three betting, like, rivers much? I mean, who, who do you rivers? see three betting rivers No much? one. That's no why one. this is an effective play, because you don't really see it. Now, I don't know if it would have been effective against a nine, though. I just don't know. I just feel like you want to, I mean, what do we need to show up with here for this to be a good play by fast? Is it better for him to have just a nine and make this play? So to, like, try to fold out the other nines? Yes. But now he's opening himself up. Now, now there's more queen nines. Yeah. But, but he gets to fold out, like, the chops a lot. That's kind of cool. Because... I don't know if he does get to fold out the chops a lot. That's the question. I don't know either. I don't know either. But, it, yeah, I don't know. Is it better to have that hand, or would you rather have, like, pocket queens? Not that we'd ever take this line with pocket queens all the way. Like, we're going to bet pocket queens before the river. But if we somehow have pocket queens and we get here, would you rather have pocket queens? Because now we really block queen nine. Yeah. Maybe that's better. Maybe. I don't know, man. I'm not a big fan of this play. This seems like this is bad. By fast? Yeah. But this is a little bit like, this sort of goes to what you were saying of like, does it matter? Like maybe right. none of this matters. Maybe when you make it 500K, basically you're saying you have to have the nuts to call. Right. I mean, and we're talking about it from this theoretical perspective, but we've played many, many poker tournaments in our lives, including playing against very good players for a long time. Mm-hmm. And river three bets are crazy uncommon. It's like a whoa moment when somebody three bets oh. the river and you're like, okay, yeah, this is different. Like, yeah. This is a whole different thing. Than I mean, we were against talking about before. anything but the best pl- against the really, really good players, a three bet on the river is kind of always the nuts, right? Yeah. Except the, and maybe the very best players like we just see here with, with fast, it cannot be the nuts. But like, how often in Patrick Antonius's life has he three bet the river and not really had it? Probably, maybe, probably like fifteen times, right? You know, if that, and maybe, and maybe, and those are probably heads up against Tom Dwan, right? You know what I mean? But like in a full ring spot or something like that, how often? Maybe, maybe I would guess less than fifteen times. You know, it's right. just like it's just it's not. I guess what he can have is like a blocker. He can have like the nut blocker, so he can do it. Like that's yeah. the only way he's ever going to be able to do that, though, right? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's an effective play, obviously. He folds out a set of eights, but maybe the set of eights should call. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it sucks to put yourself in this position, too. This is what we were saying. Like, yeah. You could have just called the 45, and now you're going to lose 160. You didn't have to do it. The thing is, like, it feels like it's so rare. Like, you're getting taken advantage of so rarely, you're probably not supposed to call. Yeah. Like, you're probably just supposed to fold unless you know this guy's a maniac. If it's Matt Kirk, maybe you're supposed to call. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe even Matt Kirk isn't this crazy, though. Almost no one's this crazy. I don't think... You're any- probably supposed to fold... You're probably supposed to fold the nine also. You're probably just supposed to say, you know what? Like, what am I calling the chop? Can we fold like, all of our we- nines, though? That seems like a lot. What nines aren't we... I mean, how do we decide that? I mean, maybe we can choose the nines that... <laughs> are non-spade, non-diamond to call I, with? I think I might find a call with a nine, actually, just because he checked back the turn. Yeah. I might just be like, you know what? Like, you know, I'm, sometimes I get like that, or I'm just like, 
I don't understand this story. And I just don't like to fall when I don't get the story and I've got something. So I call like, show me, man. Show me. I don't care if it's half my stack. I don't care anymore. Like, show me. I think this is a situation where this is actually a bad story by a good player. Yeah. And it just so happens that it's a really big buy-in tournament, and three butts on the river are so uncommon that it works anyway. Yeah. It's just effective because it's it, it works anyway. I got to imagine Fast has some thought behind it. He's not going to do this with without a queen in his hand. Yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm, I'm sure the queen is what is what emboldened him. Yeah. I'm sure. We're also getting, by the way, you know, a reasonable price here. We're getting better than two to one, a little better than two to one to call this. That should matter also. Now, we got to figure like, well, we're never chopping when we have pocket eights. But if we had a nine, we're coming back to if we have a nine, right? Yeah. Like, our concern is that if he's trying to blow us off a chop and we call for the chop, that sort of isn't great. It's not. But if he has enough bluffs, it's perfectly great. As long great. as he has some bluffs in there, too. The problem is, like, as we know, as poker players, like, probably if you fold to every... River three bet for the rest of your life, you're probably going to make money. Yeah. Like, even unless you have the nuts and you fold, you're probably going to make money. Right. So, like, fast is sort of like playing into all the click war reflex stuff that poker players have also. Now he's a blocker, but it's more than that, right? It's this other piece of, like, everything you've ever done and known in your life says you have to fold here. Yeah. So fold. Right. And, and it works. It's effective. I think it's a bad story by a good player. Yep. But again... Maybe it just doesn't matter. There are certain spots where it just doesn't matter what the story is, and I guess this is one of those. Even yeah. though it gets a set of eights to fold in a bad story. But Eesh. hey, the, the winner of this hand didn't end up doing better than the loser. That's true. Fast did not cash in this event, and uh, Passit got second. Yeah. And I will say this about Passit also. Like, when he gets to the point where he's on the river, he may think, like, okay, what am I calling with one of my folding? Like, eights are near the bottom of his range now. Like, a set of eights. Like, he has all, like... What other hands does he have besides a set of eights and a straight? Yeah, that's like he's usually betting everything. If he has a set, he's usually betting the set on the turn. Yeah, you'd think so. So like set of eights may be the worst hand he shows up with. So maybe he just feels like he has to fold that. And also the guy is supposed to always have the nuts. Yep. So you put all that together. and He's got to throw that away. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird one. Super weird. But it worked for Dietrich, but not for long. Pass it got the best. Yeah. This is the biggest cash ever. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Good job. All right. All right. Goodbye. And all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make.